It's the Lawn and Garden Show with Walter Reeves on News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB. It's brought to you by Pike Nurseries, your neighborhood garden center. Playing in the dirt for more than 50 years. Call now with your lawn and garden questions at 404-872-0750 or 1-800-WSB-TALK. And now, here's Walter. It's 7.07 on a Saturday morning, 60 degrees outside. I still haven't gotten with Kurt Mellis to find why it gets colder in the morning. Usually it's a couple of degrees colder by the time we finish the show than it was when we started. We'll figure that out someday. Our number on Lawn and Garden, of course, 404-872-0750. I'm Walter Reeves, the Georgia Gardener. I'm here to help you be more successful, and all you have to do is talk. Ashley Frasca is here screening calls. She is just as nice as she can possibly be. And if you don't want to be on the phone, you can use Twitter. Just send a question with a hashtag AskWalter on Twitter. Got that? All right, let's do the um, – actually, we've got time to do the weekend prize pack for just a minute before we get to Missy on the phone. So let's see. Ashley Frasca, thinking of a number between 2 and 7 to determine who wins a four-pack of tickets to the Great American Motorcycle Show January 28th through 29th at Cobb Galleria, plus a four-pack of tickets to Clark Howard Night at the Atlanta Gladiators game February 4th at Infinite Energy Center. So you get to see the Gladiators, you get to go to the Motorcycle Show. Who's going to win this valuable weekend prize pack, actually? Caller number three. Caller number three. Not too hard. 404-741-0750. 404-741-0750. And third caller gets these valuable tickets. And my number, 404-872-0750. Missy is in Lawrenceville and joins us on Lawn and Garden. Hey, Missy. Good morning. Hello. Hello. I want to know if it's uh, too late for my husband to prune my blueberry bushes. <laughs> the answer is never. It's never too late. <laughs> Get him out of there. Get him to work outside. Uh, no. Today, frankly, is a great day to do it. Before the rain, you're in Lawrenceville. you got three or four hours maybe before the rain comes. So... Um, Tell him that the way to do it, if you look at your blueberry bush, many of them will have two or three or maybe even four main stems coming up out of the ground. Right. And some of them will look younger and some will look older, like me, for instance. I look older, so I'm the one that gets pruned out because the old stems, they don't produce as many blueberries, so we don't want them anymore. And so they're the ones that get pruned down to about, I don't know, two feet or so is about right, two feet high. And everything else that you leave may, just the one stem taken out, may take it down to a height that you find comfortable. And if it's still not uh, quite short enough for you, then look around for the next oldest stem and take it out. And pretty soon you've got the blueberry at the size you like. And then they look like they, they're not blueberry bushes anymore. Well, because you're going to fertilize them sometime in here now. They have lots and lots of leaves on them. And when they have lots of leaves, then come you know May, June, July, you've got blueberries and everybody's happy, including your husband who goes out and picks them for you every morning to put in your cereal. Life is good, Missy. <laughs> what do we fertilize them with? Any of the azalea, camellia, organic kind of fertilizers, millorganite one. E.B. Stone is another, Holly Tone's a third. You got all these cottonseed meal. You could use that if you wanted to. Okay. All right. Okay. And do it. You know, if you use one of those, you can put it out now. Give your husband something else to do this afternoon. Yeah. Fertilize blueberries. Correct. Yeah. <laughs> and make a list. He'll love you for it. <laughs> give him a big, long list and give him a hug from me. Thanks for calling, Missy. 
right. Let's see. 404-87. If you've got a list of things you want your husband or wife to do, I'll help you add to that list. 404-872-0750. Mark's up in Ohio. Mark joins us on Lawn and Garden. Hey, Mark. Good morning. Hey, I've got a question about the uh, my peach trees. Yeah, man. Last year, I had perfect peaches on them. Yeah. And they really good-looking peaches. But when I cut them open, they had this big, long worm that had horns on them. Yeah. Every, every peach. Is there anything I can spray before they start blooming or anything? How long did you say the worm was, Mark? It's about an inch long. Was it white or brown or what color? It was brown and it had these little horns all over the front of his head and... It just that have been? right down into where the seed was. It just rotted huh. the whole middle of it out. There's a there's a, a a weevil that lays eggs on peaches called the curculio, the peach curculio, and she lays eggs on the skin. But the quote unquote worm from her is a grub. It's white. It's only about I don't know half an inch, three quarters of an inch long, maybe. So whatever you had, I'm not positive of what that would be. Might be one of the fruit worms or something. But nonetheless, all right, we don't care what it is. We want to control it. So the times to spray are much earlier than actual occurrence of the of the pest. You know that because it took them a while to get into that peach and gnaw out the center of it when you tried to pick it in in the summertime. So the time to spray on peaches and let me tell you, Mark, if you want peaches consistently to be good and not have diseases and insects, you have to spray every year. No getting around it. You start when they bloom. You do another uh, fungicide when they're just about all the blooms are falling off of it. You start spraying insecticide after that so the bees aren't harmed. So you spray insecticide after that. That kills curculio and kills the other uh, moths that get into uh, peaches and have uh, larvae that get into the peach fruit. And you spray about once every couple of weeks, depending on what the label for your product says. But you start when they bloom and you end, the label will tell you what the waiting period is before you can pick the fruit, usually seven to ten days before you pick. But, you know, you go to a hardware garden store and say, I need some sprays for peaches. What do I start with? Where's the fungicide? Where's the fruit spray for the summertime? Get to it and don't let up. Okay. Thanks a lot. I like your show. Thank you, Mark. I'm in Ohio, and this is the first time I've caught your show, and I tell you, I really enjoy it. Well, anytime you want to call again, wherever you are, Mark, give me a buzz. Okay. Thanks a lot. All right. We'll see you, Mark. Thanks for calling. And I said that. I'll say it one more time. I know we're known as the peach state. You cannot grow peaches successfully, reliably, without some sort of spray program. And, yes, there are organic spray programs. But they're not nearly as effective as the synthetic spray programs are. So if you want to go organic, okay, I can give you some guidance on that. But mm, that captan is much, much preferred to anything organic. It really works to help protect the uh, the blooms from the brown rot. Sabrina, I know Sabrina. Sabrina comes to us from Covington, Georgia. Hey, Sabrina, good morning. Hey, good morning, Walter. How can I help? I've, I've got a knockout rose bush that... I got clippings from my grandmother about five or six years ago, and yeah. I planted these things in November. Yeah. And they have taken off. It's huge. So now the, it's dormant, and I, I want to trim them back so they'll be pretty in the spring, but I don't want to kill it. Yeah. Don't do it now. If you prune it now, okay. you'll make those buds more susceptible to cold, and it's going to get cold in February. So don't do it now. Do it in late February to do the pruning. I mean, if okay. you have to cut it, a limb here and a limb. No big deal to cut one limb or two, but not the whole thing. Not the whole thing. Okay. 
And what about a fertilizer for it? What would be best? Uh, go to my rule of thumb. I'll hold my thumb in front of the microphone so you can read it right here. It says, fertilize roses when first growth appears in spring, which isn't quite yet. Again, I know the buds are visible, but they haven't really put out leaves much. They haven't put out a lot of uh, bud growth. So that'd be about the same time as you prune it, sometime in late February. Okay. So late February to prune and fertilize. And right. fertilize, too. You got it. That's the way to do it. Thank you, Walter. Sabrina, it's great talking to you. Thanks for calling. All right. Bye-bye. Again, number 404-872-0750 or on Twitter with the hashtag AskWalter. Cindy is on the line. Hey, Cindy, good morning. Welcome to Lawn and Garden. Hey, good morning. How are you? I'm well, how can I help? Well, um, I have two things. I brought some hydrangea cuttings from my father-in-law in Ohio Yeah. and trying to decide when and how to plant those. Um, and then also I have uh, peonies from my mom's bushes from 35 years ago that have been in my garden all this time, and wow. I want to divide those and pass them down to my daughter. Awesome. That's terrific. That's terrific, Cindy. Yeah. Um, so the cuttings from the hydrangea, are they rooted cuttings or just sticks, or what have you got? Sticks. Okay. Yeah. Okie dokie. <laughs> I know you. these are heirloom things, but... One of the ways that I have heard more than one time from gardeners is you take those sticks in the wintertime, cut them about six to eight inches long, maybe 12, and get a bag of potting soil, put it out by the side of the shed, outdoors, stick a bunch of holes in it, bing, 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 and stick the sticks into the potting soil about halfway down. And they said they root like weeds in potting okay. soil. Okay. So... You know, that's what I would do. I would go get a bag of nice, good quality potting soil, not the dollar a bag stuff, but some good quality potting soil, stick a bunch of holes in it with a nail or an ice pick or something like that, and in as many holes as you got to put cuttings in, put three, four, how many cuttings you have in some of the holes. The rest of the holes stay open because you want a little rainwater in there to keep it moist. It'll be warmed on the side of the shed or someplace next to a wall of the house where it gets some rain but doesn't get completely exposed frozen. And open it up in, I think May would be a good time to open it up, but open it up in May and you might find all the roots in the world coming from those cuttings. Wow. Okay. So yeah. plant them halfway down. Yeah, about halfway. Okay. All right. We'll How long are the there. cuttings now, though? What did you say, Cindy? Oh, they're, the cuttings are 18, 20 inches. You can cut them in half. Okay. Yeah, cut them in half, and then you got two 10 inches, 9 inches long, and cut those halfway down into the potting soil. They shouldn't stick out of the bag more than about 3 inches, I think. Stick out of the bag? What mm -hmm. do you mean? I mean, when you stick them into the potting soil bag, through the plastic of the potting soil bag. Uh -huh. That's what I was describing a while ago with the holes in the potting soil bag. You stick the cuttings down in there, but only about okay. 3 inches of the cutting should stick out. So if you got a long, 20-inch long cutting, you cut it into two, and, you know, Five or six inches goes into the bag, and three or four inches stick out. Oh, I see. Okay, just plant them in the yeah, bag of potting soil. In the soil. bag of potting soil outdoors cool. for the winter time. Okay, great. All right. What's next? And dividing my peonies. Peonies. Uh, yeah. Yeah. My daughter just bought her first house, so I want to pass these down to her. Oh, terrific. Uh, not hard to do. Tell her not to not to expect lots of blooms the first year after transplanting and dividing. Sure. But uh, you could do that this afternoon. The ground is moist and soft and easy enough to get a spading fork to get underneath the clump and loosen the ground around it so you can sort of rip the whole thing out of the ground and there'll be a lot of pop, 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 bang, bang, bang as the roots uh, let go. 
But then once you got it out of the ground, you can take a hose and wash some dirt off the root ball, and you'll sort of see where they can be divided and take, well, it might be four or five divisions on one plant. If you're going to take it out of the ground, you might as well divide it all the way. So take four or five divisions, give some to your daughter, keep some for yourself. Okay. Uh, the divisions. Yeah. Um, I don't I don't plan to give her the whole plant. Yeah. I'm just but, thinking maybe part of it. But when you dig it up, there'll be little pink buds on the root mass when you dig it out of the ground, and those pink buds will be attached, some of them, to a section of roots as best I can describe it, with a section of roots on one side of the root mass, and then there'll be some more pink buds attached to another section on the other side, and you take a little mm, steak knife or something and go in there and saw them apart, or clippers maybe, and clip them apart. But you'll pretty easily see how it divides, how the two or three or four maybe sections of the peony plant are divided, and you can, again, give one to your daughter and keep the rest of them and replant them. It's 719 at News Talk WSB. We'll be back after this. This is Scott Slade, host of Atlanta's Morning News on News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. We'll be covering breaking news, Kirk Mellish weather, and traffic red alerts through the weekend. And the Southeast's largest news team is here for you first thing Monday morning when you head back to work. News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. Now back to Walter Reeves, the lawn and garden advice you need. And a quick weather update brought to you by Ackerman Security. As storms on the way, you see it over in lower Alabama right now, coming up and through the lower part of Carrollton right now. Highs today, 70 degrees, 57 overnight. Tomorrow, storms 90% likely. Highs tomorrow, 67 in the low, 49. The full weekend forecast comes up in 10 minutes on News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. Timothy is in Villa Rica and joins us on Lawn and Garden. Hey, Timothy, good morning. Good morning. How can I help? Well, I have this um, dwarf apple tree that's about 10 feet tall. Got it. Front yard and um, at too tall for me to get to the higher apples, and I was wondering if there's a time to prune it. I was told winter time. Yeah, winter time. Even though roses and apples are in the same family, I don't have as much concern about pruning apples now as I do about pruning rose bushes now. So unless your apples are showing blooms and you know flowering right now i don't think there's any reason to delay go ahead and prune the apple you don't have to wait to cold weather like my daddy would do you know 10 degrees let's go prune the apples boys so for you timothy i think this afternoon it's going to be 60 something degrees so you'll be fine prune the apple now if you need to oh great that's good I want it to die. Yeah, no, you're not going to you're not going to kill it. Make sure, of course, you know the priority: prune out dead limbs first, and then limbs that cross through the middle. Prune those out next because they're not going to give you many apples at all. And then do the sort of structural pruning: shorten it if you need to, make it less wide if you need to do that. Um, so if you do all that, this afternoon seems to be a fine time to do it. Okay, thank you. All right, Timothy, thanks for calling. Coming up in the next half hour, Barbara and Rosal wants to know about why her camellia is not blooming. It is several years old and it is not doing what it's supposed to do. Betty and Locust Grove wants to move her daylilies but not plant them right away. And we're going to find out what church Betty goes to. It might be important to know for transplanting her daylilies. At 728, we'll be back after news. People listen attentively. I mean about future calamity. I used to think the idea was obsolete until I heard the old man dampen his feet. 
It's the Lawn and Garden Show with Walter Reeves on News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. It's brought to you by Pike Nurseries, your neighborhood garden center. Playing in the dirt for more than 50 years. Call now with your lawn and garden questions at 404-872-0750 or 1-800-WSB-TALK. And now, here's Walter. It's 7.36 on a Saturday morning, 61 degrees outside, going down to 60 degrees, it says here on the thermometer on my console. Our number on Lawn and Garden, 404-872-0750. Get to talk to Ashley for just a minute as she ascertains what you want to ask and types it into my screening computer so that I will know what you want to ask. And then hopefully Jason will push the button that makes us on the air. Hopefully he does. If you want to call, if you want to tweet me, you can go to Twitter and ask questions just with the hashtag AskWalter there. And let's go to the phones. Betty is out in Locust Grove. Hey, Betty. Good morning. Welcome to Lawn and Garden. Good morning. Morning. How can I help? My husband and I are going to move later on uh, towards the end of the summer. Yeah. And I have got loads of bulbs. Um, uh, Daylilies are the ones that I'm worried about the most. Okay. Uh, I was hoping that what I need to do is I need to to um, move them so that I, I, I need to get them divided now, you know, before okay. they grow up. Okay. And I didn't know if there was a way to store them or if I had to plant them in another, you know, like someplace else. I'm not quite ready to mm. take them up to our new location. Mm. And I hear your situation, so I'm not going to inquire what church you attend because you will not have to go to a liquor store with your dark glasses and raincoat and hat and everything on to get a liquor store box because what we're going to do instead is colloquially gardeners call it healing in and all it means is when you dig your daylilies now and now would be a great time to do it in the cold weather there'll be some buds that'll help you to divide them if you want and you dig a trench in some place at the edge of the yard that you know you can dig easily so lots of nice loose soil in there Plant your daylilies side by side, bing, 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 bing. You don't have to worry about spacing because they're really not going to grow all that much in the trench between now and when you move. But they'll be so much easier when the day does come when you say, okay, honey, let's go dig the daylilies out of the trench and put them in boxes. Maybe then you have to go to the liquor store. Uh, you put them all in boxes, take them to the new house, and hopefully you have some beds there that you can put them in to store for a while or maybe plant them in their permanent spot there. Okay. But healing it in, I think, is what we're going to do. Okay, great. All right. Thank you. Thanks, Betty. Thanks for calling. Bye-bye. 404, well, you know the number. I'm not going to repeat it. Barbara is in Roswell, Georgia, and joins us. Hey, Barb, good morning. Good morning, uh, Walter. I have a camellia bush uh, that's been in the ground maybe five years. Yeah. And it's it was a, a baby, but and it's grown to about maybe four feet tall. Okay. And it it put out this year um, maybe two little tiny blooms, um, and it just hasn't ever been a bloomer. I have watered it, and I have fertilized it. How much sunshine uh, does it get? How much sun? Yeah. Probably not enough. Well, uh, maybe we've solved our problem right there, then, haven't we, Barb? Uh, I guess so. I, I was worried that you'd say that. Uh -huh. It gets some, but I do have an older property in Roswell with, you know, lots of big trees. Yeah. However, this plant is next to the house, and there there isn't a huge tree over it, and I've actually had some uh, cut back, but I, I've 
I just wondered if there if that was what the problem is, and um, you know, yeah. if it's just not ever going to put out. That a is lot my of suspicion. They are pink, and it 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 had maybe four on it this year, which yeah. is the most it's ever. I, I think that is perfectly in line with not quite enough light to make it happy. Because mm-hmm. I mentioned to a fellow earlier this morning, I said the two things that plants eat, that they consume in order to make what they make, blooms, leaves, stems, everything else, is sunshine and carbon dioxide. And those are the two most essential things you can provide a plant for it to behave as it should. And if sunshine is limited on your camellia, then, okay, it's going to be limited on the amount of blooms that it puts out. It will bloom some, but not as much as if it had, oh, five or six hours of pretty direct sunshine in the morning and then some shade in the afternoon, which would be ideal for most camellias. Right. Yeah, it doesn't, I'm sure it doesn't get get that much, you know. Um, well, you're so happy with what I, you have. It's you, that's too big one of the, to move, and so I guess I'll just have to, should I continue to fertilize? When Not much. I, okay. That was the other point to the other guy this morning was that fertilizer is essential for the sunshine and carbon dioxide to be combined to make the leaves and the flowers and the fruits, but fertilizer doesn't make blooms happen. It doesn't force blooms on the plant. More phosphorus or more nitrogen won't make blooms happen on the plant. So I would be limited if I were to fertilize it would be strictly with one of the Camellia Azalea fertilizers and I might even put that down at half strength because of the matching to the amount of sunshine you have. Okay. And when when should I do that? Now. This now. afternoon. Yeah. Before okay. the rain comes you've got about a thirty five minutes, I think, Barbara, so you better get out and get it done right now. <laughs> Okay, I'll will do it then, All and right, just Barbara. use a basic uh, camellia. Yeah, fertilizer. the basic camellia yeah. fertilizer is fine. Okay. All right. Well, thank you, Walter. You bet. Thanks for calling. All right. Bye. The reason I know what the weather's doing is because I am watching storm tracker radar on the screen here in the studio, and I can see the green and the yellow and the orange as they're slowly, slowly moving up from Carrollton, a little bit south of Rome right now. They're over in Bremen, maybe in Ackworth and um, Mableton, and then they'll be in Roswell in about 36 minutes, I think. Uh, Trey is in Monroe, and Trey joins us in Lawn and Garden. Trey, hey, good morning. Good morning. Uh I have a question about a fig tree. Yeah. I have a fig tree in my yard. It's about 50 years old, probably a 50-inch circumference and 30-foot oh, tall. Nice. Big one. Uh, yes, and I'm having some of my interior limbs, I guess you would call them, probably 8-foot circumference, yeah. starting to die out on the inside. Okay. How far can I trim this thing back? You have some suspicion from the conversation I just had that light in the center of the fig bush is limited, Correct. and so that's why some of it's dying out. I mean, this, the natural form, I think, of a fig is to spread up and then out and then lay down. <laughs> you know, if you have one as, yours, <laughs> as old as yours, you have those limbs that stick out, they sort of horizontal to the ground, they lay down, they root a little bit. Correct. I mean, that's just what figs do. That's, that's their natural inclination after 50. Um, you don't want to prune so much that you shock it into juvenile growth. So... Right. If you're, if I were prioritizing, I think this is what I would do. <sighs> Let's think. Now we got this center stuff. We can take out about half of that. All right, the center stuff. Any dead limbs, obviously, go away. They don't don't do us right. any good anymore. Dead limbs go away. Once you see that there are some live limbs, but are real tall, straight, and 
sprangly is the word my mother would use. If you have a real sprangly stick trunk in the middle, it's tall, it just has five or six leaves at the top, cut those out. They're not going to make any figs either. All right. Then as far as the width of the plant, cut back by... Do, 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 do. We want to do that not so much. Again, another word would be scase. Be scase on your pruning. Prune back those limbs three or four feet now, and once the figs have come and you've harvested the figs in the summertime, another three or four feet then, which will give you a total of six to maybe eight feet less in all directions. That would give you 12 to 15 maybe feet right. uh, less in width if you wanted to do that. But what we're trying to do is not do a great big whack back that shocks it back into a lot of juvenile growth, and all that juvenile growth doesn't make any figs this year. So that's what our goal is. Okay, so, but, like, even if the branch is, like, four inches in diameter, yeah, I can get, I can still go back the three feet now. Mm, it's not going to be four, four inches in diameter out on the tip, is it? No. Some of them, not, not all the way out. Yeah. I mean, the way they grow, I mean, it's, it's the biggest one I've ever seen. Wow. And, you know, my... At the base, where the branch will come out, it's probably eight inches, yeah. and then when the leaves truly start coming out, it's probably three to four inches yeah, in diameter. Sure. I would notice on the limb, the long. Let's say you have a limb; it's twelve feet long from the center on out to the tips. It's twelve feet long, and about six feet out is where the really leaves start occurring, where it's densely leafed out, right. and then it goes more leaves, more leaves, more leaves as it goes out to the tip. I would cut it about halfway between right. where the leaves start and where the leaves end at the tip. That'll leave you some old wood, which will give figs this year, and it'll sprout out a little bit of new wood. But again, I would do some more pruning after the figs come in the summertime. All right. Well, thank you very much, sir. All right. Good luck with it, man. Yes, sir. Thanks, Trey. We'll see you soon. We got a, a uh, Facebook question or Twitter question. <laughs> I mean, Ashley, we do. I tell you, you mentioned it once. You told yeah. folks, go on Twitter, yeah. use the hashtag AskWalter with their question, and bam, they show up. Boom to boom. What we got? So Red Horse on Twitter has asked, oh, no, I just lost it. Oh, no. Well, that's anticlimactic, isn't it? Okay, I'll get back to you. Hold that We'll thought. get back to Red Horse. We'll find it. Hopefully you'll wiggle your finger and we'll find it and get back to it. It's 745. We've got time for Bob in Lawrenceville. Hey, Bob. Good morning. Hey, Walter. Good morning. How are you? I'm intrigued by somebody who has a Twitter handle, Red Horse. That's what I want to find out more about. <laughs> What's going on? Hey, um... Uh Try to come up with a shortcut on getting some bulbs that I bought uh, late last year into yeah. the ground just to save their lives. Um, I've got a new house. It's got a lawn area between the walk and the front of the house. Yeah. And I'm trying to make a shortcut where I could just, instead of digging these bulbs in, I could actually set them on top of the, I think it's Bermuda lawn, uh-huh. that's dormant right now, yeah. and then bury them with uh, potting soil that's bagged. To the depth of maybe four or five inches. Yeah. Would that work? What happens when the Bermuda comes up through that potting soil? Would it come up through four or five inches? Guarantee it. Oh, great. <laughs> like yeah, anybody's going to say it come right up through that potting soil. It's going to be happy under yeah, the potting soil. Yeah, no doubt. Um, I mean, you got to dig the Bermuda out if you want a daffodil bed in that spot. Okay. No way to, and since it's dormant, there's no way to kill it right now. And digging it out. <laughs> That's about it. No way to kill it other than removing. Yeah, I'm right. talking lazy here. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have anything other than remove the Bermuda or change plans, put the daffodil someplace else. It doesn't involve Bermuda remo- removal. Yep, got it. Okay, I'll change plans. All right, then. Thanks for calling, Bob. All right, thanks. 
747 actually has found Red Horse. Did you find Red Horse? Boy, that made me look dumb. Yes, I found All right, well, we're going to have to wait really on Red point. Horse because we got to take a break right now. Let's do the Red Horse right after the break. How about that? Sounds good. I won't lose it again. <laughs> All right. It is 747. We'll be back after this. This is Scott Slade, host of Atlanta's Morning News on News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. We'll be covering breaking news, Kirk Mellish weather, and traffic red alerts through the weekend. And the Southeast's largest news team is here for you first thing Monday morning when you head back to work. News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. Now back to Walter Reeves and the lawn and garden advice you need. I'm at you time, girl. Oh, yeah, let the doors play just a little bit here. Well, the storms are moving rapidly across middle to south uh, Georgia, coming into Atlanta right this minute. 80% chance. I think it's going to go to a 100% chance of rain this afternoon. Highs between 70 and 72 degrees. Low tonight, 50, 57, 58, 59 degrees. Tomorrow, about the same. 90% likely storms and the highs, the 60s, 67 or 68 maybe tomorrow. Your full weekend forecast, 10 minutes on News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB. So, actually, we have our finally. We found the Twitter Question, what was the uh, person want to ask? So Red Horse yeah. used the hashtag AskWalter, said, Deer keep coming in my front yard, and they're pulling my dianthus out of the ground, but they don't eat it. How can I prevent this? Uh-uh. Why? Dianthus? No, deer don't eat dianthus. They've never eaten mine. They sure eat my hostas, but yeah. not my dianthus. I bet it's some other creature pulling them up out of the ground, and I'm thinking what looks like... Uh, deer damage or pulling things out of the ground could either be squirrels or armadillos even is a possibility. I spoke to the uh, Master Gardener teacher group yesterday about nuisance wildlife control and one of the teachers there had her cell phone she said, look at all this damage the armadillos did in my backyard. She knew who had done it because she had pictures of the armadillos doing it, but it looks like the ground is just sort of plowed Plants get flipped up and tossed over to the side. Squirrels sometimes will dig to see if there's anything to eat underneath the plant and pull it up. But deer, if they're going to eat a plant, typically, unless it's newly planted, yeah, they'll pull it up then. But that's the only case I can think where dianthus would be hurt by deer. If deer go to all that trouble, they're going to eat it. It seems like they would. If they're going to go to all that trouble, they're going to eat some of that dianthus. But like you, I I don't think I've ever seen dianthus that was harmed by deer. All right, we'll get rid of that one. That's good. Don't forget, if you do not get your question answered today, I have to give a little plug for the WalterReeves.com website. So if you don't get your question answered today, you can always go to my website, WalterReeves.com. You can sign up for the newsletter, which will be a bunch of fun to put together every two weeks. It comes out. This past issue had questions about how to... Um, how to propagate seeds in milk bottles. I'm not going to tell you much more about it, but I have a whole description and pictures and everything of how you do milk bottle seed germination during the wintertime. So you can subscribe to that free newsletter if you want to on my website. You can follow me on Twitter, as we just found out. You can follow me on Facebook, on Pinterest, and uh, get uh, interesting things that I just post because I think they're interesting there. So it's all at WalterReeves.com and uh, find your questions answered there. Don't forget, too, that I've got books. If you happen to feel like you need a book to read about gardening, one called Month by Month Gardening in Georgia. One is Getting Started Gardening in Georgia. And the other is uh, the Fruit and Vegetable Book, Gardening Fruits and Vegetables in Georgia. So I wrote all three of those books, and you can buy them on my website. Just click on the Walter's Bookshelf button, and you can personalize them if you need to. There's a slot that you can put in, you know, Congratulations, Mamma, you have the greatest garden in the world, or a happy birthday, Dad, or whatever you want to on there. You can do any of that 
Again, books for sale, Twitter, Pinterest, Facebook, email newsletter from WSB and myself, and just questions and answers about gardening. All that available to you for free at WalterReeves.com. It's 7.58 on the Saturday morning. We'll be back to more Lawn and Garden. After news.